Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. We are going to get started. Welcome to the Way Church Service. I would like to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen. First and foremost, as always, I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For making all this possible for us by becoming obedient unto death. By going to the cross, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sins and becoming the final sacrifice of our sins, so we could have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet Earth. We gather here to learn about our Creator, and find our purpose here, and use it to glorify God, and to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus, and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a specific goal, and that is to grow spiritually. And start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we use it to see how God wants us to live, think, act, serve, and how to treat others. Amen? I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the way. Each part of his body is very precious to God. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives And if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's service? And we will start off with a word of prayer. Dear heavenly, loving, merciful Father, we're just so grateful and thankful for giving us this opportunity to gather together as your children and family, Lord, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and become more and more like you, Lord. Thank you for getting us all here safely, Lord. Help us, Lord, to put you first in our lives, Lord, knowing that everything else will fall into place if we do. Thank you, Lord, for your gracious love and tender-hearted mercy that begins afresh every day, Lord, for without it, we wouldn't be able to walk as Christians, Lord. Thank you for saving us and giving us the opportunity to serve you. What an awesome blessing it is, Lord, and I pray for our church that you always... Comfort us with your love, Lord, and fill us with your love and your spirit here and as we go into the lost and dying world to represent you, Lord. We just thank you. Thank you for giving us this church body, Lord. We take it very seriously and responsible, Lord. Thank you for that and giving us this awesome responsibility. Thank you for the people here that serve so faithfully, Lord. One body in many parts, Lord. We need each other for this to function properly. We say a special prayer for the people that are sick and not feeling well, that can't be with us, that you touch their hearts and lives and give them the message they need through the Holy Spirit and your word, Lord. And let everything we do tonight be led by your spirit and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. Okay, we're going to stand. Brittany's going to sing a song and we are going to get started.
Thanks, Brittany. That was beautiful. Beautiful song for a beautiful day. Amen? What a beautiful day the Lord's given us today, huh? Awesome. How's everybody doing tonight? It's good to see everybody. Before we get started, it's a very special day for somebody that's very faithful to this ministry. It's my wife Laurie's birthday today, falls right on a Saturday. She's definitely uh, my helpmate for sure. I couldn't do this without her. Um, she's the eyes and ears around here. I can't. My job's to get the message and study. I can't see everything. She sees everything and keeps everything and holds it all together. Amen. Amen. So we're just so grateful to have her and her faithfulness and honor her on her birthday. And also, we'd like to say hi to our sister Doreen who got here tonight. With us. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing our sister to us. It's definitely a special day for sure. Glory be to God. Amen. He's just a wonderful, loving father. And he's, you know, God takes us through these seasons all the time through our lives. You know, today's just a great day for us to rejoice in the Lord and hope in him. Okay, before we get started, we got 2 Timothy chapter 4 up there. We're going to start that Mary put up there for us, led by the Spirit. And we are going to let the Spirit speak. The Word of God is going to take over in the Holy Spirit, so please be attentive to that and try not to cause any distractions to take us out of the Spirit. Because the devil's always trying. But we know his ways and his schemes. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to go to verse 6 on that one. Just one back, okay? Because i got some scriptures for us too before we get started that the Lord wrote on my heart to share with you. As always, this is a spirit-led ministry. And when the spirit speaks, we let him speak. Amen? Okay. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. As for me, Apostle Paul, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Amen? So he knew he'd finished the race. He did the best he could. He kept the faith, and it was time to go home with the Lord. And he was, great. He was, great. He was grateful for that. He knew that his time was coming. He was getting older, and he served the Lord faithfully. And he, took many, he suffered much for the Lord's sake. Amen? And he stayed faithful. And it says right here, will give me on the day, and the prize is not just for me, but all, for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing, amen? He's coming back. We all look forward to that day, amen? Whether either we go home to be with him, or he comes down and gets us out of here. Either one. It's a win-win for a believer, amen? We're grateful for that. It's a beautiful scripture, and he was trying to encourage Timothy, because he knew Timothy was young, and he was going to have to go through many trials too, for his faith. And suffer because of his faith. And that was a beautiful scripture there. Mary, thank you for putting that up there. As we all share in the Lord's glory. I want us to go to Romans chapter 12. We're going to continue our message about hope. In difficult times. And our hope in good times. You know, when the good, when the good days are coming, we hope they'll stay long. <laughs> right? <laughs> It seems like the good days don't last as long as the bad ones, but that's just our mind perception. All every day's a good day as a Christian in the Lord, amen. If we keep the right mindset. Romans twelve verse one. Amen. They got there. And so the apostle Paul, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. To give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. So in order for us to give ourselves to God, we have to learn what he's done for us. And that's a process that takes time. Take any amen for that? That takes time, okay? 
Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. In verse 2, he gives us this suggestion, so we can fulfill that. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. That's the only thing that takes place in the Christian life is God changing our viewpoint and our perception through his word. Amen? It's not some hocus-pocus that goes on. He lets us transform into a new person by changing the way we think, and then you will learn, look what it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Then he says, in verse 3, he goes on, because of the privilege and authority, or because of the grace God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Amen? How many times do I say one body, many parts? Each part is just as important as the other in order for the body to function properly, right? We know that all our body parts for it to function right have to be working in sync together. That's with Christ's body. It all has to be working in sync together so it works properly and it grows. Amen? Amen. And so we can get it accomplished what it needs to be. All right, one more before we get started. Galatians 6. These two verses God was writing on my heart to share with you, and I'm going to. As a matter of fact, Romans 12 is a great um, chapter to read when you want to know God, what God wants with your life and your will. It's so much there in that one chapter. Read it. Apostle Paul talking to the Galatians in chapter 6. We're going to go in verse 14. As for me, Apostle Paul, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he goes on to say, because of that cross, or because of him, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. As we grow and mature as believers, okay, we start to get less and less interested in the things of the world and more and more interested in things of the Word. Can I get an amen for that? And that's a process that takes time, okay? That takes time. And he says it right here. When you know you're growing, when you're in the interest that goes on out there is not as interested in what's going on in here. Amen. Your, your interests have changed. He has changed our desires and given us new ones. And we start to lose the interest of the world because that doesn't satisfy us. And we know that that's not God's will for us. Amen? Amen? So he says it right here. It doesn't matter. Now listen to what he's going on to say. It's something important he's saying here. It doesn't matter when we, whether we have been circumcised or not. Whether we've been following outward religious rules or principles. What he's saying here, what counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. That's what counts. Have you been transformed by the renewing of your mind to want the things of God more than the things of the world? That's what he's talking about. And that's the process that we learn here. It's called sanctification and losing interest of the things of the world and more interest in the things of the world and what my purpose is and why God saved me. Amen? And when you get there, it's a great place to be. Now it says in verse 16, May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. You see what he's saying? May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live. Not just have the principle, but live by it. First you have to learn the principles, and then you have to live by the principles, and then you get the peace and mercy you need to carry it out. Amen? It's His will, not ours, and it's led by the Holy Spirit, not our flesh. 
Now it says, look, they are the new people of God. From now on, look at verse 17. It's going to be directly tied into what we're talking about tonight. Don't let anyone trouble me with these things. That's what really counts, is the transformation and the renewal of the mind through the word of God. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. So saying that we belong to Jesus here, we're going to get scars on our body. We're going to get persecuted. It, it's going to happen. We have to understand that the Christian life down here, there's going to be suffering and persecution involved. Once you understand that principle, you could actually rejoice in it, knowing that you're doing the will of God. Amen? Say, well, I don't know if I like suffering. No, suffering for being a Christian and doing God's will is a glory. And it's something that we should honor God with. Amen? We should understand. When your perception changes, you'll find peace in that, saying, wow, I must be doing something right. That's the renewing of the mind, changing the way we think. See, changing the way we think is what happens when people are coming at me and persecuting me and saying things. It changes the way we think. We think, wow, they must be seeing something different in me. That's why they're coming at me. I'm showing light in the darkness. When you show light in the darkness, what do people do? They get mad because it shines light on their life. A new life in Christ means it's possible to do. You see, when you can do that, it shines light in the darkness. And that's our hope. That we can what? Shine light here and what? Bring other souls in. Amen? Into the kingdom. That's what people see. A difference when the rubber meets the road when somebody's mad at you and you're still nice to them. Or when somebody's evil to you and you're nice to them. It says pay back evil with good. And that's only can be done in the spirit. Because... The flesh is an eye for an eye. You get what you get when you do what you do. Amen? We have to understand that. So our hope is in God. He's the only one. And that's why Paul wanted to experience the resurrection. He wanted to be able to experience what Jesus died for him that gave him. Gave him the power to withstand that and become like him even in all situations. Amen? And to stay level. How many of us want to stay level in all circumstances? How much times we try? And try and try. And somebody comes, the devil comes, and what? Takes us out of that. Because we try to do it in our power. Instead of relying on whose power? The Holy Spirit's power. Amen? Alright. Now we're going to talk about this hope we were talking about. Finding hope during difficult times. And finding hope in good times. Hope in hard times. Hope in good times. Okay. After all, when you need hope, as a Christian, there is no better place to turn than the Word of God. Can I get an amen for that? That's where we have to turn. It takes a while to get there, but there's where the answers are. The source of all hope for us. If these words provided hope for the authors and the early Christians, they should also be comforting in our own times of trouble and challenge. Now, we're living in troubled and challenging times, aren't we? This country is going in a different direction than the Christianity would want it to go, right? So, actually, we're becoming like, diff we're becoming like something that the world doesn't want. Righteousness. And doing the right thing and taking a stand for things that should be done in the way we should be. Because God has the principles and he puts it in every human heart, but they're trying to change that now. But as Christians, we're not, we don't change. God's word never changes. It never did. It says, well, because you live in America and it's 2021, some of these words that I gave you in my book that was written 4,000 so years ago, we can change some of them too. Does it ever say that in the Bible? His word never changes. Our hearts change. His word never changes, okay? I want us to go, okay, to... Last time we got together, we ended up finishing in Romans 8, Romans 8, 35 to 37. But I just want to say, uh, I just want to go to um, Psalms 34 quickly to verse 8. And we're going we're gonna to move down in the line here. How many of us need hope in these troubled times? It seems like, wow. It's like you think that everything's secure, right? Then you wake up one day and everything's like, what's going on? Things change. One thing, God never changes, amen? 
He never changes. That's why we go to him. Okay. Let's go to verse 18 of um, Psalm 34. Or verse 17. Give me a minute to get there. God is good. Amen. He's always good to us. He remains faithful even when we're not. Look at verse 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Now, every time we call to God for help, sometimes, I don't think God's hearing me. He hears us. Just because you're not getting an instant response doesn't mean he doesn't hear us. You have to give him the opportunity, if it is in his will, to orchestrate the circumstance for the fulfillment. If you read the Bible, he always works over through time and through people, places, and events. We have to understand that. Look what it says. He rescues them from all their troubles. I don't know. Ever since I've been walking with the Lord, all the time the troubles came, here I'm still standing. Got me through it. He got you through it. All glory goes to God because we can get snuffed out in the New York second. You have to look at the right perception of things. Look what he's saying here. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous, the person who lives right, faces many troubles. You understand, living right in a world going wrong, there's a lot of trouble because of it. It's understanding that it's going to be trouble. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Does God's word ever change? No. He said he comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. As a matter of fact, they used that scripture in the prophecy when Jesus was on the cross, right? They broke the other guy's legs to hasten their death for the Sabbath or whatever with the Passover that was coming. Jesus was already dead, so they didn't break any of his bones. Amen? Amen. So that was a prophecy fulfilled in that himself. Now, notice that God didn't say that Christians would have trouble-free lives. On the contrary, he says the righteous person may have many troubles, including a broken heart and a crushed spirit. I don't know about you, but the Lord always brings me to my knees. Always. He crushes me. You think things are going a certain way, and then all of a sudden, he just sweeps the carpet out and say, no, it goes my way, not yours. Brings me to my knees. Why does he bring me to my knees? Because that's when I'm closest to him. When things are going wrong. When things are going right, I seem to tend to drift from him. Because I'm seeing like I'm not leaning on him for, to get me through it. Because everything's good. Why do I need him? You can still thank him and everything, but there's not hot. There's no hot felt on your knees. Lord, what's going on here? Can I get any amen for that? That's why he does that for us. So we can get that connection back with him. Because if not, if blessings would always keep us close to God, we'd always be getting blessed. But we are always getting blessed, even in the brokenness, because that's what's drawing us back to Him. You understand? That's how He calls us back, through the brokenness. And then when you get prideful and angry, you could either get two things. I say this all the time. You can get better from it and grow, or you can get bitter from it and walk away from God saying, you're not doing for me what I need you to do. Then it turns back on me. Again, amen for that. Okay. It doesn't seem right that people who are acting morally right, righteous, should have any troubles. But we live in a world that is full of evil and sin. We have to understand that. And sometimes we encounter difficulties because of that. But getting through difficult times is possible because this scripture says that God will deliver the righteous person from all his or her troubles. In fact, Romans encourages us during times of trial, we are more than conquerors to him that love us. He says you already conquered this. You don't understand. You're just not seeing it the right way. You already conquered this. You're living in a world that is trying to take you out of believing that. Trying to make you feel conquered. The devil is trying to weigh you down and saying you're already conquered and fall into your sins again. No, I'm more than conqueror. I don't have to do that anymore. He who lives in me is greater than he who lives in the world. We have to fight back with the scriptures like Jesus did. Amen? And this is where our hope is. All right, I'm not going to go to Romans 8. We know that. Go to um, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start here tonight. What hope is. Faith is. 
Faith and hope work together in the Bible. Everybody with me so far? Oh, it's a beautiful night. I'm just loving the Lord. His word gives me comfort because when I look out there, it just doesn't go like, go like this. People are not being courteous anymore. People are being obnoxious and rude and self-centered. It's like, it's, where did it go? I've always got taught godly principles to respect people that are older, to not like swear in public or say anything crude. That's all I hear now. It's like regular words now out there. It's like, wow, where's all the respect? Where's all the what? Fear of God. Where'd it go? The whole generation is coming up without God. And the churches are falling. Into what? Into what? They're, they're compromising. And saying it's okay. Instead of teaching the principles of the word. And letting the spirit renew their minds. Amen? And get back on track. We need a revival. That's what we need. A revival. Christians need to stand. And say we are not compromising with these issues. We believe what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and the Bible tells us what is and what isn't and this country was based on that. The Bible. And guess what? Christians are starting to bend so their life gets a little bit easier down here. God never promised us an easy life down here. He just promised us a safe landing. That's what He promised us. So I'm not going to compromise just so I can feel better down here or make people like me. This is what the world does. Oh, I want them to like me, so I'm just going to agree with them and say yes, even though I don't agree with them. Instead of saying, you're giving me your view, I'm giving you my view. God says it's wrong. I'm not speaking for myself, I'm speaking for God. God says it's wrong to do that. God says it's wrong to do that. God says it's wrong to live like this. That's what I live by. And you know, people start persecuting you for that. Oh, here's, here's, oh, look, at he's holier than thou now, right? Yeah, God says we are holy now. Because he makes us holy, separated. To live a separated life from that. All right, look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. All right, I'm starting to get warmed up now. get worked up sometimes because the Holy Spirit is so powerful in a Christian's life that they just don't use it. They don't use what God's given them. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation through their faith they earned a good reputation a reputation has to be earned respect has to be earned that's what people do reputation has to be earned look what it says earned a good reputation look at verse 6 jump down a little bit and it is impossible to please God without faith anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So all I know is this. If I'm sincerely seeking God, it says here he's going to reward me. What's he going to reward me with? He's going to enlighten me. He's going to reward me with the right perspective to understand why things are going on and to accept it and have joy still in it. Can I get an amen? Instead of getting frustrated and aggravated all the time, saying, wow. God's giving me an understanding because I'm sincerely seeking what he's, where he is in this situation. If you can see God in everything, you'll never get angry again. Because you know he put it there. And it was there for a purpose. Can I get an amen for that? But how many of us actually see God or see God's will in each of the circumstances? We say, oh, it's the devil. God lets the devil do what he has to do in us. Look what he let the devil do to Job. Yeah, you can say it's the devil, but God had to allow it. And the allowance was a reason to what? Change Job. The reason was to make an understanding of God. He didn't have the right perception of God. Remember when he finally got, God said, okay, now it's my turn to speak, Job. You thought you knew me. Where were you when I, when I created all this? Who were you to question your creator? And what do we do? How many times do we question our creator? 
Just imagine what he could do because of it. Thank God for his grace and mercy on us, right? He already revealed to us his will and what he is and, his, and his, what his purpose is for us. And we still question why he does what he does. You hear, why would God do that? Because he's God and I'm not. Remember? And number two, let me just give you this news flash. He doesn't have to answer us either. He doesn't have to tell us why either. Maybe he'll tell us why when we go to be with him. There's where the faith walk comes in. Well, I'm just going to trust him by faith because I don't get it. How many times do you say, I don't get this? Why is all this happening when I'm following the right things? Because God said that's going to happen. For him, because you're seeing it the wrong way. You're not seeing it my way. You're seeing it through a human point of view. Not mine. And the only way we're going to see God's point of view is revealed through his word from Genesis to Revelation. And not how many times I try to help you with that, so you've got to read the Bible. He shows you his character in every situation. Okay. Let's go to Jeremiah 29. Because if you understand what he said here, I'm going to go to verse 11, and then I'm going to explain the context of that scripture. Okay? Because... He says something awesome in verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He says, he's talking to the nation Israel now, okay? For I know the plans I have for you. Now he's talking to you. We are now his spiritual children, Israel, okay? I know the plans I have for you. Okay, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. That's God's plan for you. You hear it? I know the plans I have, good and not for disaster. Well, why does it seem like everything's a disaster? Because that's the way he does good. That's how he works it all out for good. Now, let's back up and see what he's saying here. In verse 10, this is what the Lord says. This is what he said to his people. You will be in Babylon for 70 years in exile. Okay? Because of their sins. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. So what is that telling me? Well, they had to go through 70 years of suffering before God um, gave his plan to them. They had to suffer for 70 years first because whatever they did set them back 70 years. But God says, my plan is not to hurt you, it's for good. But well, why do I got to go through hell for 70 years? I don't know. You're going to have to ask God that. But he said it was planned for good. And they were in Babylon for 70 years because of what they did. They rejected him and worshipped other gods. So if we do that as Christians, we're going to get the same result. Does that mean we're not going to heaven? No! That means we're going to suffer down here until he carries out his plan. What he's saying is, you're holding back me from carrying out my plan for you. I have to put you through all this trouble for you to find my purpose for you. Do you accept it? He said to them, follow their ways and you'll be okay. Remember? He told them. They actually changed some of their names. Right? After that, what did God do? He took them out of there. And he started, he rose up another king to build the temple for, help him rebuild the temple. God fulfilled his plan to unbelievers. See, he still had his purpose for them. You see? But they had to go through that because of what? Why are we going to go through this? Because we reject him and we worship idols and he says, this is what I have to do to you to get you back to me. Either you're going to come back to me or you're never going to come back to me and walk away. And unfortunately, Christians walk away saying, why did I walk away? And instead of evaluating why and what might I have done to interfere with God's plan, look at everything else outwardly. It had to be this, it had to be that. Nothing to do with me. Instead of God's trying to change me in the circumstance. So he can give me what he promised. Can I get an amen for that? Boy, once you understand that, you say, wow, this is going to be a battle. 
Because my flesh is going to say, I don't want this anymore. This is enough. I don't know how many times, personally, as a leader and a pastor, do I say, what's the use? My flesh. What's the use? Right? Then something inside me says, no, you go do it. I put my spirit in you and you can't stop. I'm saying, I get on my knees again and say, Lord, you got me. Here I am. I don't understand it, but I'm going to walk by faith. You promised me a safe land and I'm going to do what you told me to do. Amen? Amen. So I just do it. Not because I'm getting anything out of it, because it's the right thing to do. See, people want, this, this is what people want. I want to get rewarded down here for being a good Christian. So I want to get blessed with a reward. He says the reward is you not, you're going to heaven. You understand that I saved you from all that? That's the reward. You already got your reward. Heaven is your home guarantee. Now I'm trying to give you heaven now. If you want it. You have to do things my way though, not yours. And he keeps trying and he tries and he tries. So we know whatever you're going through right now, Jeremiah 29, he said it right here. He has plans for us. And they're good and not for disaster. And the only thing that's going to hold it back is you. Not him. God loves each and every of his children. He wants us all to be blessed. You kidding me? If we could handle everything God has for us now, we would be so blessed. We wouldn't know what to do. We'd be so happy all the time. We'd walk away from him. He, he can't give it to us now because we're not mature enough to handle that. We'll walk away from him. He knows that. And some people won't. Some people get blessed with a lot of material down here, but they use it for the glory of God, not themselves. All right, now we're going to go to this other one. Jesus promised peace and hope. Okay, Jesus knew, okay, that when his mission was here on earth, Okay, was to give his life as the final sacrifice so that his blood could cleanse us from sin, making us right and acceptable to his holy father. Jesus knew that his disciples would have a hard time accepting this. So understanding what lay ahead, he tried to prepare them with these words. Let's go to John 14. Matter of fact, we're in the book of John. That's an awesome study in John, isn't it? I didn't think there was much as that there's so much in John for us. Look what it says in verse 27. Jesus told him plainly in John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And by the way, Lori did an awesome job with the mind and the heart, right? That's what he's talking about, having peace of mind and heart. See it? When you have peace of mind and heart, everything's good. You're stable in all situations. Isn't that where everybody really wants to be? And you can't achieve that in the flesh. You cannot achieve that in the flesh. There'll always be something like going like this. There'll never be stable in everything. Look, in the peace I give is a gift. That the world cannot give. And why do Christians go to the world to try to receive it? When it says the world can't give it to a Christian. So don't be troubled or afraid. How many times in the Bible it says fear not? Don't be troubled or afraid. I don't know how many times walking this way, I questioned if I was doing the right thing. Like John the Baptist. He was in jail. Remember? He said... Is he really the Messiah or should he look for somebody else? I mean, is this really God's will for me to, to go through all this? And why everybody that seems like they're doing wrong is getting blessed down here? How many of us feel that way at times? I do. I really do because I'm human. Say, so why? Why? Because I serve God and I'm his child. Do I have to live like, why do I have to suffer down here? Because God's trying to tell me, this isn't your home, John. You're just passing through this life. This is all they have. We have not this. We have heaven as our home. We're going to a better place. A place without sorrows, without tears, without fears, without sin. 
Down here, if we stay down here, we ain't never going to get that. It's infected with sin and tears and fear and heartache. That's why he says this isn't your permanent home. That's why you're not satisfied down here. When you understand that as a Christian, you say, well, I'm going to be reasonably happy down here. Reasonably. I'm not trying to try and find my happiness here. My happiness is in heaven. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to get ready for that. See, once you get ready for that, you can be happy down here saying, this is just a season of my life. I'm going on to eternity. I'm out of here. See ya. I'm out. I wish we had that now, right? You never know. He might come back right now and just take us out of here. Whatever, right? It's a win-win for a Christian. It's whether, it's whether you want to enjoy the trip or not. See, here's the whole thing. You can, uh, somebody gave this beautiful analogy. I don't know where, who the author of it was. It was. Two people are flying in a plane to Florida. Okay? One trusts the pilot, sits back, takes a nap. The other one is full of fear, looking out the window. The turbulence are coming. Doesn't trust the pilot. They both land in Florida. The guy was sleeping, was at peace. The other guy was all shriveled up because he didn't trust the pilot. That's the same thing with the Christian life down here. If you trust the pilot, you can have a smooth trip. If you don't trust the pilot, this is your life down here. Turbulence. Get it? Because you don't really trust them. If you trusted them, you would be at peace with anything that goes on in your life. But we don't trust them in everything. We're a work in progress. But I don't know. I'm working towards that goal. I want to experience the resurrection and be able to be stable no matter what's going on. Have I gotten better? Yes. I'm making improvements because my trust is getting better. Not because my flesh is getting better. My trust is getting better. So now I'm more stable in, 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 in difficult situations than I was before. Can I get an amen? It's not that I'm trusting in me. I'm trusting in him more. That's what's getting me through. I'm not trusting myself anymore. I gave up on trusting myself. I said, I'm going to put my trust in him. I'm going to put him to the test. See what happens. And he hasn't let me down yet. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. Everybody with me so far on this? We have to understand who the pilot is. Who's navigating the course. Who's got us on the trip. Jesus has taken us to heaven. Listen, we're on a trip, right? But put yourself getting in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Jesus plane. This plane is getting us to heaven. Okay? We're in this life, and he has us going to heaven into eternity. He says, sit back, enjoy the trip. Trust me, I'm going to get you there safely. Do you trust me? That's the question. But I go to church, I put money in the basket, and I serve that outward. Paul just said, what counts is whether you've been transformed by trusting that, renewing your mind, saying, I trust God. I don't care what's going on. Take it all. Whatever you take. It wasn't right. Whatever you take from me wasn't worth it anyway. It has no eternal value. Take it. The devil wants to give us everything and then take our soul. That's what he wants to do. I have everything down here, but I'm empty in here. How many times do you see it? Everything. Everything I could ever want down here, but empty in here. Well, Jesus says, I'm going to fill you with me so you're never empty, even if there's nothing there. See it? Even if there's nothing there, you'll never be empty because you have me to fill you. That hole I put in your heart can't be filled with that. It can only be filled with me. And if you don't fill it with me, that'll always leave a hole. Always feel empty. Never get enough. Can I get an amen? Hey, look, I already tried for all that. It doesn't work. I get all this, and then I want something else. 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 
instead of knowing, I'm just going to go with Jesus. I'm going to follow him till I go home to be with him. He's piling in the cross. He's got a plan for me. It's going to be better than the plan I have. Look at Hebrews 6, verse 11. The writer of Hebrews. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others. Listen to this. This is such a powerful statement. Keep on loving others as long as life lasts. Why? In order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. You see, your love, see it? As long as life lasts, that you keep on loving others will prove that what you hope for is going to come true. What is it saying? The love of God inside your heart down here is proof that's going to come true. See, never lose the love in your heart. Look, that's what it's saying. Then you will not become spiritually dull when you come to the point where you say, I hate people. Again. Because you know how people are down here, right? There's people that just, ah! Right? He's saying, no. If you're a hater, you're not going to experience this. You have to keep on loving others in the spirit. See, this is what it says. In order to make certain that what you hope for will come true, then you will not become spiritually dull. Do you see it? When you're not loving people, you become spiritually dull and indifferent. You see? Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises. Get it? Because of their faith. Why are we going to inherit God's promises? Because of our faith and endurance. See, these trials build endurance in us. When you go work out to the, at the gym, you build endurance. So when you go there, you can do it easier next time. Right? It builds endurance. When you train for a track or a race, you keep doing it. It builds endurance. So the next time you do it, it's easier. So you keep practicing loving others, and eventually it gets easier. The problem is we give up. I give up. Enough. Yeah. Humanity gives up. The spirit never does. You see? That's how you know it's operating. When you give up, that's when you become spiritually dull and indifferent. But when you never give up, you know you're being led by the spirit. Can I get any men for that? Never give up, the Bible says. Although our bodies are dying, it says in Corinthians, our spirits are getting renewed every day. So in order for our spirits to get renewed, we have to keep on loving others. The whole principle of the matter. All right, let's go to verse 18. We're going to close. Move down to 18. God's promises bring hope. There's some good stuff here. Listen to this. So God, verse 18, Hebrews 6. God has given both his promise and his oath. Listen to this. God not only gave us a promise, he gave us an oath too. Listen to what it says. Listen to this. These two things are unchangeable. Okay? They're unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Okay, so everything that he told us in the Bible is true because he can't lie. Okay, so we know that for sure. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Now look what it says in verse 19. This is, we're going to leave with 19 and 20 here. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. You see it? What's the anchor for our souls? Hope. And the promises of God. Not what I have down here. You see it? It's the anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Directly to Him. Look at verse 20. Jesus has already gone there for us. Jesus tore the curtain for us so we can go to Him anytime. Thank you, Jesus. You don't have to go somewhere to pray anymore. You don't have to go somewhere to worship. You can worship God anywhere, amen? Because of what Jesus did. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Another mystery, another type of Christ in the Old Testament. I had no beginning and no end. 
He just came. He just appeared. All right, let's let me finish with this. A gift doesn't need to be earned, okay? It's given. A gift must simply be received. See, we have to just receive what he's given us, okay? The promise. And peace of mind and heart is such a wonderful gift, isn't it? Think about that. You can't buy peace of mind and heart, can you? It's just a gift. It's a gift that God gives us if we trust him. That's a gift. You, it's, it's priceless. You can't buy it. Jesus knew that the only way we could have true peace and hope is from him. He knew. Only from him and his words. Amen? The promised land. The promised land to a believer today, as I try to tell you, is a state of mind and heart. Of understanding God's will for your life. Giving you peace of mind and heart. Knowing he's with you. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He has a plan for us. And we don't have to fear or doubt him anymore. Because he's going to come through. He gave us an oath and a promise. The creator of this universe gave us believers an oath and a promise that he will fulfill it. If you can just trust that, everything's going to be okay no matter what we see. Because we walk by faith, not by what we see. And that's hard for a Christian because we get this intellect that sees things and think that's the reality. The reality is what the Bible says and through our faith and hope. Preaching my brains out here because I love you. I want you to know this is what gives me peace. Look, material things give me, give me turmoil. I was going to take care of them. There's more responsibilities. Can't keep up. Makes me more miserable than happy. So I let that stuff go. Spend more time with God. That must make me happy. And his friend and his people. Said, I'm going to renew your mind with my wish. So you want to be with me, not that. I'm saying, wow, there's the sauce right there. Material things can't do it. I go in my house and look, there's stuff everywhere. Stuff and stuff and stuff. I say, well, my man might use it someday. I say this all the time, right? And there's stuff everywhere. And I might use two or three things out of dirty. But I got stuff. I might need it, and it, that's going to make me feel better, and it never does. This makes me feel better. When I come here and do the right thing. See, doing the right thing makes me feel better now, in the spirit. Not the flesh. The flesh makes you like, oh, man. Again? I had to go do that again, right? I thought that was going to make me happy. I had to go buy that. Now I got nowhere to put it. <laughs> And the thing next to it is brand new too. It's still got tags on it. <laughs> but I might, I might wear them. Oh, there's a sale going on. Oh, you're looking for something else. I didn't even put them on yet. Right? right we laugh, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. And then the thing, before you put it on, it's outdated. So, look at this dust. There's dust on I can't even wear it anymore. I'm going to have to wait another decade before it comes in style again. And we go round and round and round, right? Looking for satisfaction and all that. And God's saying, see, that's what's keeping you from having a relationship with me. He says, you can have it if you want, but I ain't going to do you no good. I'm going to give you my life, eternal life. I got something better for you. If you let it go. All right, we're going to have to close there. Thank you for letting me share that with you. Brittany's going to come up and sing, we're going to, and we're going to close. Our hope is in God.
Thank you. Drew, you want to come close us? Thanks. Father, Lord, thank you for this beautiful day, Lord. I just thank you for this time that you gather, Lord. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. Yes, Lord. What's the truth in us, Lord? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for guiding us, Lord. I just pray that we don't grow weary and doing good, Lord. You know better for us than more for us, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you be with us and strengthen us, Lord, in these times we're in now. Yes, Lord. Bring us back to glorify and honor you, Lord. Change us in our everyday dealings with people, Lord, and help us be better. But use your word. Shine through us, Lord. Jesus, name I pray. Amen. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.